negotiating in an unstructured environment is different. Yeah. To me, it's freeing. I love it. The box is much bigger. There's still a box, but I don't feel like we are constrained and we have more creative agency. What's up? I'm Tyler Sweat. Cue the dramatic music. This is All Quiet on the Second Front, a podcast where boring conversations around defense tech and national security come to die. Ready to get weird and learn some cool shit about emerging tech and the government? I thought so. Let's fucking go. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey everyone, Chrissy McGarry here, COO of Second Front Systems. Excited to share with all of you that you are now able to sign up for our annual Offset Symposium. Imagine attending the number one national security symposium located at the Ronald Reagan Building in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. During the symposium, you'll be able to hear from some of the leading experts in the defense tech space and VC communities. Individuals like Nund, the CTO of the CIA, and General Raymond, formerly of the Space Force, will be there participating in fireside chats and conversations. Don't worry, you can locate our full agenda at secondfront.com backslash offset dash symposium. Make sure you sign up today. Space is limited. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Quiet on the Second Front, uh, the podcast where boring defense shit goes to die. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Sweat, and uh, really happy to be joined with Bonnie Evangelista today, um, coming from CDAO um, with a procurement background. So interesting opportunity for for a conversation I don't think a lot of folks get to have, or maybe sometimes they're scared to have. Um, So it's one it's one of those things they they don't want to they don't want to understand it because it's it's just not the thing that they get. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel the same way about tech. I don't want to, I don't want to get into your zeros and ones or whatever. I'll stay over here in my contracting name, yeah. in my lane, but I am fluent in federal <laughs> contracting and acquisition for sure. Heck yeah. So we were just talking a little bit about what Bonnie's up to sort of in her day job with CDAO and Tradewind. Um, and so shared a little bit just so I don't think I don't think a lot of folks necessarily here, I think they know what Tradewind is or they've seen yeah. maybe a, a page about it. Sure. But sort of the, yeah. the, you know, the two minute over the moon. Okay. I don't know if it's two minutes. I'll do my best. Just picked a random time. So 30 seconds. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tradewind was more of a vision. And if I were being honest, it's been a vision in the making for like over five years. Um, and it's had multiple iterations and it has culminated to what is called Tradewind. Uh, and the, the vision was how do we buy faster? And the mission started at the Jake, the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, where we were trying to just honestly deliver AI capabilities faster and get it into the hands of soldiers or as someone else put it into basically unskilled labor across the department, which I love that term. And so part of our job was to figure out how do we buy faster? How do we do that in this emerging technology day and age we're in? So Tradewind is more of a suite of services, if you can call it that focused on novel contracting pathways. And we're honestly experimenting with all of them. So we have multiple contracting uh, lanes. Uh, A couple, you may have heard Tri-AI, that's like a low cost, no cost commercial solutions opening competition that we have going on. Our premier offering though, we were just talking about the Tradewind Solutions Marketplace. So this is where uh, we're asking for vendors to provide solutions to strategic focus areas 
So we're not going out with a requirement and saying we want to buy a thing. We're saying we're interested in solutions to some problem areas that we have. We're asking for five-minute video solutions, and we are assessing those solutions on the basis of do they have merit to enter into a DoD marketplace. So we have a competition. We're using multiple authorities to meet competition, and we have a process to assess those. So what that means for a government buyer is I can point out of at vendor A and say, hey, that solution in the marketplace meets a mission gap or operational need I have, and I can buy or engage directly with that vendor on the basis of competition, which is game changing. Yeah, and I, I just want to I just want to put a fine point on that for for folks who are listening who are in a private company and thinking about, hey, it's such a pain in the ass to work with the government. I've got to go through all this yes. process. What you are saying is. If you're on the trade winds marketplace, someone from the government can just come and buy your solution. Correct. So it's not a contract. We're not saying we're giving, we're providing the contract mechanism. So I, I call it an accelerated competition and assessment process. So we're front loading that part and we're getting that part out of the way. So the government buyer can just get right to the business deal. Yeah. Um, that also is different. That's the huge. government, I don't know if the government is prepared for that. I, because... That's going to be my next question. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely going to be my next question. Uh, it's got to be just exploding in the Pentagon. Yeah, we're, th this is what I call unstructured contracting. Yeah. So contract, traditional contracting is very structured, compliance oriented. This is your FAR-based contracting and it's, it has its place, but it's not working for emerging technology. So the, the marketplace is our attempt to do something different. Yeah, I will, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to lead you into a place where you're going to say something that will get somebody offended or in trouble. But I'd be really curious you know, if you're thinking about, and we were riffing a little bit on sort of like the great bureaucracy that is the department. Yeah. If you're riffing on finding ways to remove friction, and you're saying, hey, you know, a, a way to accelerate sort of time to value from a procurement standpoint, or just remove a barrier, what are you seeing as sort of the major, either like uh, rocks you've got to move or sort of sticking points that folks in the department have to get their head around? So in my experience, yeah. there's been, you know, I always refer to them as barracks lawyers. Somebody once told them you're not allowed to do that. And it's been like etched into their brain. Yeah. I like to say all roads lead to contracts. And, but the two biggest rocks people need to be thinking about are their contracts and ATOs. Yep. And I know you know this very well, but in general, on the contracting front, we're, we're focused on, can you identify funding and identify the solution as fast as possible and then create the business deal as fast as possible? So there, those three elements combined, there's nuance and um, intricacies involved in all three of those. So we've tried to get to the find a solution fast with the marketplace part. You've got a competition, no sole source is necessary. That term does not belong in this environment because we're using commercial solutions opening as a as part of our competition environment, our comp I call it our competitive playground. Um, we're also leveraging other transaction authority as well as FAR Part 35 broad agency announcements. So all three of those uh, authorities or mechanisms combined gives the government buyer maximum flexibility. Oh, yeah. So the, the KO... That's, Does that flexibility scare them? Or are, they, are I, you, you seeing know, like an increase with like the pushes DIU has been making and others around like OTAs and stuff? Are you seeing more comfort? Or are you still seeing this like, hey, I'm scared to kind of get out of this little narrow sort of far box I know? I don't think it's fear. I think it's they don't know. 
Okay. Um, most most of us are education challenge. Most of us are trained to do traditional co uh, competition in accordance with the Competition and Contracting Act (CICA), yep. which is full and open competition. Everything's baked in on the front in terms of the requirement, all of the pricing. So you don't even enter into negotiations usually because you're um, right after you've selected and during source selection, you roll right into contract of work because you have price competition. So there, you might get something called discussions or clarifications, but no one's actually negotiating. So we don't get a ton of training on that. So most people I talk to are willing and open. They just don't know what that next step is. Um, so giving them a place, some, a space or a container to have these conversations and understand that like this, no, no one's breaking the law. Yep. We're just doing something different. We're approaching the problem differently so that we can um, streamline and make the deal faster. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier too. How are you working with organizations to get them comfortable of, hey, the only way to buy software isn't, you know, on a PowerPoint slide or in a Microsoft <laughs> Word document. There, there are other ways. It's a crazy concept. Yeah. There are other ways to think yeah. about buying software at scale. Yeah, it. This is that's a hard one because <laughs> that's a really hard one because uh, to enable competitive playgrounds where you can, we're asking industry to show us something meaningful before we make an investment decision requires a lot of knowing and understanding on the government's part, yeah. and and we're in in a lot of cases maybe lacking that, and you can translate that to something basic like technical standards. Um, can we tell industry and speak in their language, like what OS are we running and what, how is our data structured or not structured and what assets do we own and um, where do we even want data to flow? And th th these are all things I, I don't think we have good answers yeah. for a lot of times. And, and it's not a knock on anybody. It's just, that's just where we are. Uh, so I, I love environments where you get rid of down selects, you get rid of paper because there's too much subjectiveness to yeah. to those types of processes where we're making decisions based on a confidence rating. And that oh, is this one it, looks prettier. I like that graphic. And it's they also use the right words. Yeah, and it's there's a maybe a bias, yeah. you know, a personal bias in that, like a, a, on how we're making decisions. So I I like the the types of environments we can create where there's an actual physical lab or environment where a vendor can bring their software in and show us something a little bit more meaningful. I did this once in a former life where we actually had them, the industry put their software and show us that it worked on the infrastructure for uh, the mission partner at the time. And if you can create environments, that is a way more sophisticated approach than just saying like on paper, my stuff's gonna work for you. So that's <laughs> yeah. No, I preach. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it's it's been one of those one of the many things that has befuddled me probably my whole career is the level of confidence with which leaders in the department will speak about the state of information technology, knowing that they have procured all of their information technology out of Word documents. And yeah. never thought about the infrastructure or the complexity of the networks to your yeah. point about data flow and all of that. I, I can't appreciate though, like if you're if you're not there, because there's a lot, like I said, to be able to speak in this way with industry. And, and, and when I say speak in 
speak in code, speak in technical standards. If, if you can't do that because you're just not there, but you realize you need to do something different, you can do something different. If you're going to rely on paper, understand though, that's what you're getting. So don't put too much money in up front. So I, I am okay with putting in some seed money, run some small pilots, experimentation, that like low cost risk type buys are wonderful to, you know, to learn. Yeah. So. So as we look forward, you know, and you're, you're sitting at CDAO, your trade wins market, what's going on, what sort of success look like in 12 months? What do you, what do you guys most hopeful about? If, if we can do distributed or federated contracting using the marketplace, and it doesn't even have to be the marketplace, but something like it where you you are accelerating uh, these lead times to, to buy. And if you're using something like the marketplace, I would love it to be the marketplace. But if other services are leveraging it in that way and doing their own contracting, using this approach, that to me is a win. Because this was not built for us, this was built for the department. And um, hopefully, we can prove out the strong demand signal is there and that this is worthwhile and should be enduring. Yeah. I love that answer. Uh, I'm going to spin it a little bit. Yeah. Throw a curveball, right? So we've talked kind of about, Hey, these sort of earlier tech providers, you know, some of the AI providers, data analytics providers, the value of the marketplace, how do the primes kind of fit in, right? As we're changing how we contract, how we look at engaging with private capital with a broader array of, you know, I guess what DOD would call a non-traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, what what should what could a role of a prime be? And you know, if you were if you were thinking about it, how would you think about your role as sort of as a prime? Yeah, I want to speak to the non-traditional first. So it was designed with them in mind. The marketplace was designed to be a low barrier to entry because um, we recognize that we need an, a better front door. Uh, some people in the co- government are grabbing onto the term entry point. You know, how do we make these more friendlier, easier entry points? We believe the marketplace is a place to do that be- simply because all we're asking for is a five-minute video. Yeah. Um, you have to address in the video, because some might think, well, you, it's the same problem with paper, right? Like, how can you assess anything in a five-minute video like you could with paper? That's, again, we're, what are you asking for? I'm not asking to write a contract with you for $100 million based on a five-minute video. I'm asking you to tell me, do you have a solution to a department problem? So identify your what problem are you solving? What is your solution? How are you different in your market? Why, why does your tech win? And what's the impact if you solve my problem? And I am assessing your solution based on solely that. Yep. I'm not assessing whether you have the best thing out there that's going to be great for is Armies. this a fit? Should I bring yeah, it in and make it available not, if somebody else wants to grab it? Apply that's it not problem. what we're doing. Exactly. And the army though, or any, any service, they get to choose. Yep. So if there's, cause I get this question a lot, if there's five or 10 of the same thing on the marketplace, how did they choose? I'm like, you choose. Yeah, evaluate, you, engage with. Engage, yeah. yeah have a discussion. <laughs> um, and and no matter which one you choose, you are still compliant with competition standards. That's, awesome. That's the key. So with that regard, I do believe that for those out there who who have had the the red tape uh, fatigue, maybe, or, or the the fear of you know joining some element of supporting the government because of that, this is maybe an opportunity for them to get involved because we're 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 not doing that. And then for primes, this is I mean this is not exclusive to non-traditionals. They too can start to market their offerings and capabilities in the marketplace if they choose. 
Um, I would also offer, like from a prime perspective, is assessing are the things that they're offering supporting the way of doing business over the last 10, 15, 20 years, or are they also pivoting to support emerging technologies? That would be a question I would ask primes. I don't know the answer to it, but like, this is just one area where we have to learn and understand how to do this better and faster. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And then ripping on sort of that point about, you know, are the primes sort of preserving the, the kind of legacy? Are they, or are they pivoting to sort of do this, the new emerging tech? I would be curious, and you can answer this in a way that doesn't sort of, again, get you in any DOD hot water. Are the PEOs pivoting too? And are those program office signaling to the primes? Or is it still the like, mm. hey, I want 6% small businesses. So like, you know, Lockheed's lawnmower and caterers a small business and the PEO slaps itself a big high five. You know, prime slaps itself yeah. a big high five and GAO's like, oh, you're compliant. Yeah. So I can't, I can't. I don't know the answer. Yeah, so. I can't speak for <laughs> PEOs. What I will say is if there are pockets, I'm seeing pockets of teams or individuals who are trying to break awesome. what, whatever glass ceiling yeah. is there. For what, what you can do is be aware. So anyone who is still asking for, if the title on the document says statement of objectives, but it's still telling you how to do the job, they're not, that's, that's kind of a red flag for me. That yeah. They're not really interested in changing the way of doing business. Yeah, just want a body and a seat doing a thing. Yeah. So if, and, and I think most people can, can feel it or sniff it out when they see it in terms of if you're seeing solicitations or RFPs or announcements or any kind of call to industry out there, and it looks like something it's not, like if it's... Like, <laughs> It's, it's probably, they're not actually changing anything. I would even offer if- Change title, cut and paste, old RFP. Maybe, um, maybe it's a, a check the box kind of thing. Yeah. I'm also thinking if, you know, pay attention to who's showing up in the places that do matter. So whether it's, where are offices engaging with industry? If, you, if you're at an event, um, I was just at South by Southwest with you. Yep. Um, who was there? Those are the people who are probably great, interested in that is change. A great way and, of framing that. Yeah. Um, and if if you're at an industry day, I, you know how is the industry day run? Is it receive mode for industry? Is it a conversation? These are the types of things you can be looking for in terms of. I stopped going to industry days <laughs> after like the fiftieth time. You know, please look at my quad chart and let me tell you about my five year requirement. And you're like. Uh, Okay, what do you what do you want to do with this information? Yeah, and, and industry days are an example. Again, it depends on how they're run, but in general or at large, are they getting us different answers? Yeah, that's that's where I you know that's what I think about is you know when I sit in the seat, if when I look at traditional processes, is it giving us the outcome we actually want or not? Yeah, and and that could be capability. It could be you know more engagement with non-traditionals, faster APO, like whatever, yeah, yeah. like, you know, that's, that's really what we think about a trade win. That's where the marketplace came to be. You know, we really thought hard about this. We, we didn't do some things right in the first year and we, we took a hard pivot. So you're learning and adapting. Yeah. What you want. Yeah.
All right, so I asked you the, the positive question. Give me the negative. What scares you the most, you know, over the next 12 to 24? What are the, the challenges you're worried about? What are the pivots you're worried about? What's that look like? Contracting or anything? Both. Anywhere. Unstructured intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a little fearful of the adoption in the contracting community in particular. Um, ne negotiating in an unstructured environment is different. Yeah. To me, it's freeing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I don't, the box is much bigger. There's still a box, but I don't feel like we are um, constrained and we have more creative agency to uh, really get a better deal or make it better. Like make sure there's wins on all fronts. I heard somebody say that the best negotiation means, um, I think this was on Shark Tank. I think one of the sharks said like, that means both people have to feel a little pain. Yeah. Both people feel like they yeah. lost something. You're like, okay, cool. We probably got to yeah. the equilibrium we needed to get to. Yeah. So yep. um, you you feel that in this environment and that's different and it can be uncomfortable for people. It also requires a lot of thinking. Yeah. It's a little more finesse and nuance. Yeah. So I, I'm a little fearful that the, you know, how this gets, if this gets adopted and does become an enduring pathway is in jeopardy because of that challenge, like the end, um, that could be, I don't know if that's a training or a policy challenge, but that's a little worrisome for me. Um, it's probably both, right? Because if done right, that could sort of be the behavior and sort of that change you're looking for that would transform sort of like a critical pillar of how the department does it's business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're focused on points on the board. So like we're as much as that is looming or in my mind a little bit, we, I believe we're going to prove out this concept yeah. and we're just going to keep working with some of the strategic partners you're aware of and, um, finding those use cases where we like buy something really quickly or nobody had a mechanism and we provided the mechanism. We get that a lot, yeah. a lot. Um, so Awesome. I'm very hopeful. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. All right. Last question. Same last question every time. Um, so when you're done, when you're like, hey, I've achieved what I want to achieve. It's time for me to, to go retire, to go sort of live. What does that look like for you? I always tell folks, Oof. right, I want to be on a river. I want a big outdoor kitchen. I want a bunch of space. Where do you want to be? Is it the winery? You, I know that I know you own. Or what does yeah. that look like? Where's uh, What's success? So I'm a hippie at heart. Heck yeah. I, I don't know. I want to be free, connected with nature. Have my dogs yep surrounded by my dogs and my spirit guides and um i just i want to have abundance in myself and in my heart like in a in some kind of peaceful i don't know what vista yet you know it'll be i don't know if it's like a a mountain vista or are we talking you know yep. uh field pastures and green green pastures kind of thing um but i just want to have that peace in my heart i love that answer Bonnie, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us today. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you. All Appreciate right. you. Boom. Wow, look at you. You made it to the end. Thanks for listening. Hope you learned something. Don't forget to leave a passive aggressive review. It wouldn't be a podcast without some show notes. So check them out to learn more about me, Second Front. Stay weird. <laughs>